Section 27 of The Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 12, Leo X, Part 2. The peace was only of a short duration. Europe was seething with mighty forces which no one completely understood and which no one could master. All were conscious of the presence of a new age, and each tried to grasp eagerly and prematurely the advantages which the new age would bring forth. As early as February 1517, Leo X invited the assistance of Francis I for the recovery of the duchy of Urbino and the medician state of florence was naturally comprised in the arrangement shortly afterwards a treaty was signed at cambrai between the three great potentates charles francis and henry for the partition of the north of italy venice florence pisa Ligorne, and siena were to be formed into a state under the name of the kingdom of italy which was to be given as an imperial fief either to Charles V or his brother Ferdinand, while the rest, including Lombardy, Genoa, Asti, Piedmont, Mantua, Montferrat, Verona, Piacenza, and Lucca, were to go to Francis, also as an imperial fief, under the name of the Kingdom of Lombardy. Leo, besides, was afflicted by domestic troubles. His enemies were those of his own household. The most powerful of these was Cardinal Raffaello Riario, who rode about Rome with a suite mounted on forty horses. Another young cardinal, Alfonso Petrucci, formed a plot to kill the Pope and to change the government of Rome. He had more than once brought a dagger with him into the consistory, but his courage failed him. He then attempted to use poison, but was betrayed to the Pope, tried and executed at the same time the cardinals raffaello riario and adriano were both put into prison adriano strange to say was of bath and wells in england he escaped to venice but returning to rome at the death of the pope he was murdered by one of his own servants in order to secure himself against similar attacks leo created thirty-nine cardinals at once of various states and of different ranks in the ecclesiastical hierarchy some of them were distinguished but they were most of them friends and adherents of the medici the ceremonies attending this creation and the war with urbino which now came to an end cost the pope enormous sums and plunged him heavily into debt still he was in the possession of outward prosperity the states of the church were consolidated and at peace Lorenzo was married to Maddalena, daughter of John II, lord of La Tour Auvergne. The Lateran Council was closed, having devoted its last sittings to the possibilities of a crusade against the Turks. Yet, on the other side of the Alps, a storm was arising, more serious than any which had as yet stricken the foundations of papal obedience. The money required for the Pope's necessities was supplied by the sale of indulgences, and this sale raised the indignation of Luther. On the eve of All Saints, October 31, 1517, he fastened on the door of the Cathedral of Wittenberg the ninety-five theses by which he challenged the authority of the Pope. Luther, born at Eisleben in 1483, 
had visited Rome in 1510 and made his pilgrimage round the seven basilicas and had climbed the sacred staircases on his knees. He now refused to obey the Pope's citation to Rome. He attended the imperial diet at Augsburg with the safe conduct of the emperor and the elector of Saxony and appealed against the authority of the Pope to a general council. Together with the Reformation, which brought about a condition of war in Europe which lasted until 1648, and indeed for some time afterwards, arose a political struggle for the possession of the empire. Maximilian strained every nerve to secure it for his grandson Charles, who he hoped would some day recover both Milan and Burgundy as ornaments of the imperial crown. His rival was King Francis I. Maximilian pressed Leo to crown Charles King of the Romans in Germany, but before this could be accomplished, Maximilian died at Linz on January 11, 1519. With him passed away a remarkable figure. He stands astride the medieval and the modern world. He so far comprehended his peculiar position that he took pains in his political conduct by reconstruction of the army and by constitutional reforms to prepare the old fabric of the empire to meet its new conditions and responsibilities. In the contest for the imperial crown, Leo, as might be expected, played a double part. He thought that the raising of either of these two powerful monarchs to the imperial throne would not contribute either to the security of the apostolic see or to the interests of Italy. The Pope would have preferred the Margrave of Brandenburg, but he would not accept Frederick of Saxony, the protector of Luther. Charles was elected emperor at Frankfurt on June 28, 1519. When Leo saw that his election was inevitable, he did his best to secure his friendship. Charles was, it is true, a stranger to Germany, but he was grandson of Maximilian, a descendant of the imperial line of Habsburg, and was the best bulwark that could be found against the ambition of the French and the onslaught of the Turks. The great empire of Charles V is the common source from which most of the arrangements of our modern states have arisen. Before this time, the two great powers in Europe were the church and the state, the pope at the head of the one, and the emperor at the head of the other. Both these powers were weakened or destroyed by the Reformation, and in their place, a new antagonism sprang up, the antagonism between Protestantism and Catholicism, represented mainly by the Germanic and the Romanic nations. France stood at the head of one section, Germany, herself divided, at the head of the other. The political life of Italy sank into comparative unimportance. At the age of nineteen, Charles ruled over Spain, Flanders, Naples, Sicily, and Germany, and styled himself king of the Indian islands and of the Oceanic continent. A struggle with France was inevitable. Leo, as usual, knew not which side to take. His flatterers advised him to throw himself in the arms of Charles, but his instinct forbade him, as he dreaded the effect of his overweening power in Italy. At the same time, an alliance with Germany was rendered easier, by the death of his nephew Lorenzo, Duke of Urbino, who had married a Frenchwoman. His wife had died six days before, in April 1519, 
after giving birth to a daughter who at a later time became famous as catherine of medici the wife of one french king and the mother of three others she was the last legitimate scion of the elder house of medici one son remained alexander afterwards duke of florence from fifteen thirty four to fifteen thirty seven he was a mulatto and his mother was a negress it is certain that he was a bastard but it is not certain whether his father was lorenzo or giulio probably however the latter machiavelli urged leo x to take the opportunity of restoring liberty to florence but he refused as he had been too much accustomed to regard florence as the private property of his house it is strange that pope leo x should like the emperor augustus of rome have lost one after the other those he had expected would be his heirs but this loss did not make him less anxious to increase the possessions of the holy see he aimed at the wrestling of parma piacenza and ferrara from venice and he was ready to ally himself with that power which would best further the execution of his views for this purpose he entered into communication both with francis and charles charles assumed the crown of the holy roman empire at aix-la-chapelle on october twenty third fifteen twenty on the very same day that Solomon the magnificent girt himself with the sword of mahomet at constantinople charles had some difficulty in persuading the citizens of castile and aragon to accept a sovereign who was a fleming by birth and education and he was greatly in want of allies henry the eighth had married catherine of aragon and nevertheless on the field of the cloth of gold he had met francis i and embraced him with all affection although he was the most formidable rival of charles in order to counteract this friendship charles took care to meet henry the eighth at rouen and by loading his minister cardinal wolsey with riches and honours believed that he had fully attained his end the emperor charles v summoned his first diet to meet in worms on january sixth fifteen twenty one germany was then on fire from one extremity to the other with the agitation produced by luther he had been excommunicated as we have heard on july fifteenth fifteen twenty and had appealed to a council charles was at this time extremely anxious to secure the friendship of the pope they both needed each other for the ends they had in view the driving of the french from italy and the establishment of the sforza in milan just before the meeting of the diet leo renewed his excommunication against the rebellious monk at Rheims, charles stood for the first time face to face with the german nation the younger and more alert spirits would have wished him to place himself at the head of germany and to resist her two deadliest enemies france and the papacy but charles was not disposed to break entirely with the ancient church his views were rather to repress the storm of anarchy in germany which threatened to break up the old civil and religious polity to extinguish the authority of the turks in the east and to curb the ambition of france in the west france provoked him to war and he was ready to meet her it is perhaps fortunate that the emperor did not head the german reformation being left to itself it became a popular movement and was in the end more completely successful luther appeared before the diet of worms on april seventeenth and eighteenth fifteen twenty one here he withstood the emperor surrounded by his brilliant court 
i cannot do otherwise god help me was his cry the edict launched against him was dated may twenty sixth when many of the estates had gone away and luther himself was in safety charles did not act a sincere or single part with regard to luther on the one hand he was anxious to ingratiate himself with the pope and perhaps to satisfy his own conscience by condemning him on the other he felt that it would be unwise to crush him entirely as he could be used from time to time as a useful check upon papal authority the reformation in italy had a different character to that in germany its principal effect was to bring into prominence the hatred felt against the temporal power of the pope machiavelli and giuciardini the two foremost political characters of their time both considered the temporal power of the popes as the curse of italy and giuciardini tells us that although circumstances forced him into the service of the popes yet that his nature would have led him to prefer luther in the hope that if he did not entirely ruin he might at least seriously impair the accursed tyranny of the priests such were the aspirations of italian patriots who desired that italy might take her proper place among the kingdoms of the world but italy was not ripe for such an effort and there were no materials for forming or for continuing temporal sovereignty centuries were destined to elapse before their hopes were finally realized on the same day on which the bull against luther was issued a league was made between the pope and the emperor the conditions were that milan and genoa should be taken from the french and be given back to their legitimate rulers francesco sforza the younger brother of massimiliano and to antonietto adorno after the french had been driven out charles promised to give piacenza to the pope and to help him to conquer ferrara on the other hand the pope was to invest charles with the kingdom of naples and to crown him emperor and to support him in the war against venice it was to be left open for the swiss and the english to join this league if they pleased it was not so easy to hire swiss soldiers as it had been cardinal schiner did his best to assist the pontiff but zwingli told his countrymen the cardinals wear large cloaks and red hats shake them and ducats fall out of them wring them and your own blood drops out france seeing that a breach with charles was inevitable declared war against him and attacked his possessions both in luxembourg and navarra with very little success it was in the battle of esqueros in the war of navarra on june thirtieth fifteen twenty one that ignatius loyola received the wound which had so important an effect on the fortunes of the catholic church it was in the enforced retirement of the hospital that he conceived the idea of founding the society of the jesuits the king of france had no allies in italy except the duke of ferrara the republic of venice and some of the smaller italian despots wolsey although he did not give up the hope of mediating between the two contending powers made a treaty with charles v on august twenty fifth at bruges milan was captured on november nineteenth and only a few towns were left to the french the pope was so overjoyed at the fall of milan that he said that it was of more value than the papacy itself he talked of creating cardinal giulio de medici duke of milan and of making francesco sforza cardinal in his place piacenza and parma soon followed the fate of milan but leo was unable to enjoy his triumph 
news of the conquest of milan was brought to him on november twenty fourth in his villa of maliano the next day he returned to rome and was received by the populace with great rejoicings the shaking of olive branches the blowing of trumpets and the firing of guns a consistory had been summoned on the following wednesday november twenty ninth and the pope intended to go in person to the church of santa maria del popolo to return thanks for his victory but the night before he felt unwell and on december first fifteen twenty one he died one effect of his death was to ruin his friends as they had lent him large sums of money which now would never be repaid after the enormous expense of his court he did not leave enough money to pay for his funeral it was necessary to use up the old candles prepared for the obsequies of cardinal riario the name of leo x is generally held in honour as the great hero of the renaissance who continued the work of lorenzo and cosimo de medici the sovereign under whom culture and refinement reached its zenith in italy this side of his career belongs rather to literary than to political history as a politician we must judge that leo x was little better than his predecessors he filled the papal court with his relations he did not succeed in driving out the french from italy he dealt no serious blow to the turks he did not secure either the unity of italy or the peace of europe he showed no courage in great crises he left the church a prey to the reformation if he cannot be accused of employing the arts of machiavelli in temporal matters he must plead guilty to the charge of defending the holy see with those weapons of deceit and double-dealing which under the name of finesse and economy have brought so much discredit on the career and the reputation of the jesuits End of section twenty seven